0: the full court press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker.
1: Welcome back to the uh, you know to the to the show that we're doing right now.
0: Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews.
2: There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness. Of what uh, we bring to the table.
0: Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Oh,
2: yes, yes. COVID! Touchdown, can I get it?
1: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in on a Wednesday being part of the show. uh, Last hour, we were listening to all the weird crap that comes out of Troy Calhoun's mouth. And he had some things to say about Utah State this year. Not overly weird, but just preparing for the matchup against the Aggies this year. He said some weird stuff earlier this season. Um, (laughs) Maybe we'll hear that clip again. Nothing about vampires this time, but about some other weird stuff. Um, but uh, we were kind of forced into talking about tight ends again. That seems to be <laughs> quite the hot topic on this show with uh, with you, our audience. And uh, continue to discuss it. We'll give away some tickets to go see Utah State and Air Force on Saturday night, 5 o'clock kick time. A game will be on FS1 if you can't make it. We'll have our pregame coverage starting at 330 they will go right up until kickoff, and then as soon as the game is over, we'll be back on the air with KVNU Aggie Call, simulcast here on the fan as well. And um, we're also going to get into the the Utah Jazz, who had their second preseason game last night. What did you see out of this Jazz squad, new-look Jazz team, and uh, some takeaways from that? In context that, yes, it's preseason, but... um, looking at something, what Coach Hardy had to say about it and some of our own observations. And uh, what would you rather Wednesday, we'll throw some some questions out for you and see what you would rather do on a would you rather Wednesday here on the full court press. And if you want to chime in or, or share your own would you rather, 435 339 to chime in here on the full court press. Now, last hour, we finished off talking a lot about the tight end position. And uh, how it's utilized, is it a system, is it a play calling, is it a personnel? And maybe it's a combination of all of the above. Though I'm inclined to think more of a personnel than anything.
3: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too.
1: Because once we've seen Brock Lane become healthy and be able to be utilized in the offense a little bit more, we've seen him as a, uh, uh, a, 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 a target, maybe that's a better way to put it, in the passing game. And then he pulled his hamstring against BYU and likely will not be available this weekend.
3: Yeah, they've split him out as a wide receiver. I don't think they've done that with really any other tight end, at least with any consistency. And so they're using him, you know, their normal place for him is either on, you know, in that normal tight end spot just off the tackle or as a, you know, kind of behind the tackle on either side as a basically fullback. And that's where they've mostly been, but then they split him out as a wide receiver and sometimes you do that on the same drive and it's kind of, again, in that pace thing where you're forcing the defense into a certain personnel and then you're using the tight end to take advantage of that personnel if he's athletic enough to
1: beat whoever he's matched up against. Yeah, uh, and uh, it, <laughs> I don't know that we're going to see much resolution you know, with how this offense is going this year and how the tight ends have been used to this point. But we've, we've seen good tight ends wear Aggie uniforms. And we've seen them used in pass blocking, run blocking, and as a receiver. And certainly that stands out more. People pay attention to them more as a receiver. And we've seen a, a good number of tight ends be effective at that position. Yeah. DJ T. Alivea, Caleb Repp, Dax Raymond... And then uh, 2305, reminding us, Chris Cooley from Logan High School, probably the top tier or top tight end that I've ever seen play Utah State. Yeah, very clearly the best
3: tight end we've ever had at Utah State. He was was really good. And, you know, he went on to play pro ball because he was that good. Um, So, yeah, I just think that lately the tight ends we've had around here have been, you know, not as good pass catchers. They're just... Better at blocking. Carson Terrell was like that. He was just never a good receiver. Hands of stone. And I think uh, Sturzer's a little more that way, and Ron, and maybe Parker Buchanan. I think Buchanan may just be a little young. Um, but as I said over and over, Brock Lane seems to be the one guy who can be a little versatile, although he just pulled his hammy and may not play against Air Force, so we may just go back to saying glorified fullback tight ends.
1: Right, and uh, look, if they if their role is to help the offense move forward and move down the field, and it works, great. See, see my thing is, if you're going to, I don't want any of the seven-man pass
3: protection against, you know, four-man rushes. You know, use them in the run game, but then, you know. If he's are, unblocked, yeah, run out. Yeah, or just replace him with a wide receiver in the formation. Like, you know, saying, you will know, use the tight end. It's like, well, just. Use a wide receiver because, you know, if the guys aren't good enough at pass catching, then, you know, sub them out. Bring in a wide receiver. Sure, you might lose some of the, you know, forcing them into whatever personnel, but if the tight end can't beat the personnel that they're facing, then just bring in somebody who can actually run around.
1: Uh, 4474 on a would-you-rather Wednesday. Would you rather eat a duck or wax a dolphin?
3: Talking about eating a duck raw? Because I feel like if just eating a duck, I mean, people do that. Uh, I've had duck. Yeah, that—that's a food that we eat. <laughs> uh, Waxy is, is it waxing Would be an adventure. Is that like really fun? Is it a cool experience? Like, I like food. By the way, I want to bring something up though. You know, so there's that thing where a fan ran out into the field was being an idiot. And he got drilled by Bobby Wagner.
1: Oh, yes. This was a Monday Night Football.
3: Yeah, I saw some just now during the break at the top of the hour. Supposedly, the fan filed a police report Report for at least, I think one person was quoting the police report. It was a brutal assault. Oh, gosh. <laughs> My opinion is he deserves that and should spend a month in jail. Yeah. You got what was coming to you, sir. Yeah.
1: Man, so, Bobby Wagner
3: was a hero. Yeah, there's people who, have the, who are, you know... Sprint out of the field like
1: that. Spend a month in jail. And really the only reason why that video went went viral, that people saw it, because normally the TV cameras will not show it, is the only reason it went viral is because Bobby Wagner plastered him.
3: Yeah, so he should be grateful because everyone on the internet saw you, so you got all the attention you wanted. And now he's just trying to make a free buck to make up for all the fines he has to pay now.
1: Ah, <sighs> knuckleheads. 2305. If I was a tight end at Weber State, I think I'd get in the transfer portal and come north. I don't remember if they had a, an I mean, effective tight end. I mean, there's they
3: have a all-big-sky tight end who's well, related that's right. to that's somebody true. on Utah State. <laughs> granted, That's right. Granted, Meacham's not going to be here after this uh, season. This is his final year here, I think. For Wade. For Wade. Yeah. Uh, That's right. I totally forgot
1: about the the Meacham connection. Yeah, he ex- ex- he is a good.
3: Except Meacham wasn't you know a heavy pass catcher either. He only had like eleven or so. You know the all conference tight end had like it was somewhere between ten and fifteen receptions for like a two hundred yards. It's not like he's a pass catcher either. Highly utilized, not
1: really. No, of course they're not a you know super pass heavy team. Okay, so four four seven four asked a would you rather question. And let me set mine up with... Oh, we, we can going to ask yours or ask with, his again? No, with I'm going to ask mine now, and I'm going to set it up with this clip.
0: Here's the 1-1. Swung on. There it goes! Deep left, it is high, it is far, it is gone! Number 62
2: to set the new American League record.
4: Aaron Judge hits his 62nd. All the Yankees out of the dugout to greet him. Just think of it. Three Yankee right fielders. The Babe hitting 60 and 27. The Jolly Roger hitting 61 and 61. And now Aaron Judge hits his 62nd home run. The most home runs any American leaguer has hit in a single season. And the American League has been alive for 120 years. This is Judgment Day. Case closed.
1: There you go. That was the call last night. Aaron Judge hits number 62. Really milking it there. Uh, you know, these some of these guys, They when the season starts going, probably when you get into August, you start to realize, okay, something special could happen on one of my broadcasts. So... These guys have been thinking about what to say on these calls for probably six weeks. For when he hits number 61, and what do you say when he hits number 62? So some of these broadcasters have been thinking about this for a little while. So, yes, it's an opportunity to milk it a little bit. It's an historic moment. It's a big moment. Yeah, and, and that's the moment
3: where, you know, you need to talk and you got to come up with something good. There's been some times where I can tell the announcer was thinking a long time, and he needed to just shut up. Like, there was one time it was, uh, I think it was when that university lined up with the, the missing punter formation, basically. Their, their punter had, had tragically died. Hmm. And in a moment where the announcer should have shut up and let the crowd ambiance play, he decided to go on a 20, 30 second speech. Like, obviously, he has to say something because the audience may not know, but explain it
1: really quickly, be quiet. Right there are times to just lay out, yeah, let let the moment breathe, to soak in what's going on, feel yeah. the energy from the crowd. But obviously in that moment, especially on radio, it's a little
3: different because you kind of do need to talk more because yeah, on TV you have the visual and audio and you can let that sit radio and, and in, in this case it's different, you know, spout off some of the the stuff. But the American League being around for 120 years and yada yada yada, it's like it's an American League record. It's not even. We might get to that in my own. Would you rather? Ooh, okay.
1: So here's, here's the would you rather, and Aaron Judge helps set up the would you rather question from me.
4: That's a souvenir for a fan. So you know they made a great catch out there, and you know they got every right to it.
1: Okay, so you catch number 62 from Aaron Judge. Do you keep the ball? Would you rather keep number 62 or would you rather sell it? Take the money? I guess there's a third option or would you rather give that ball to Aaron judge because it's his home run ball So it's really kind a three-part question would you rather keep it as an own heirloom? Don't forget Major League Baseball you have to go with find an official at the game at the venue to authenticate the ball to authenticate the home run. Yeah. A lot of times. Otherwise it has no value whatsoever. It's just a regular old baseball. I think a
3: lot of times they uh, are very helpful in that process though. Like they'll almost find you. But sometimes
1: there's some people who haven't. I was reading about that just the other day. So would you rather keep it after it's authenticated? Would you rather sell it? Or would you rather give it back to Aaron Judge? Kind of depends on your financial
3: situation. I know that. It was like, uh, I think it was a pitching coach or something like that who gave 61 back and he's probably a little more financially set than some other people. I mean, for me, I'd sell it. It's 2 million bucks. I don't care about the ball. Maybe I'd trade it for like a million dollars in a different souvenir i don't know i'd, I'd probably just take the two million dollars but like <laughs> i don't know if there's a souvenir that's worth a million dollars to me because honestly i'm not huge into sports memorabilia you know i you all like souvenirs and different things like that but if it's two million dollars yeah i'm putting that in my bank
1: a ball I mean, is that's, a ball that's serious life-changing money right there yeah a ball is just gonna sit there and it might get stolen I mean, life-changing money for guys like you Yeah, it's life-changing <laughs> money for us.
3: Like I said, it can depend on your financial situation. I'm pretty sure the guy who caught it is fairly wealthy.
1: So, from what I've heard. Now, for me, I think I'd rather hold on to it. Put a nice case, seal it up, put it on a shelf, display it. I mean, yeah. that's, that's something that you're going to have people coming over to your house, and you will show that off to anybody who walks through your door for ages. Uh, at some point down the road... Maybe I'd turn around and sell it it's probably you know go up in value is it though like I guess there's that risk though like what if next year Shohei Otani goes crazy and he hits 63 or 64 yeah it's like it's not suddenly gonna, that 62 ball does isn't worth as much it's not going to go up
3: so much in value that it's going to be worth the wait. it it probably would go up in value. And again, if you're someone who's a little wealthier and maybe you're investing, maybe you hold on to it. But again, if, if you're someone like me and like most people, you sell it. Because the $2 million is worth more to you than what that is. Again, personal
1: situations may vary. <laughs> True. Okay, we got a couple of texts coming through on our Would You Rather Wednesday. 4474 already asked an odd question and now has another one. Eric, speaking of tight ends, do you still work out? I don't. Thank you. 4474. That's bizarre. Uh, 2305 uh, texting in. Uh, would you rather have an athletic program that was so good that you were being lured by the Big 12 Conference or the Big 10 Conference for expansion? So I'm just going to say there's people texting in, and they keep basically
3: stealing my ideas that I came up with. So I want to pose this one because uh, 1570 basically texted in, basically my would you rather so i want to put okay, it out I'll, there so i'll
1: skip i won't read one i'll let okay. you do one five seven zero six. i haven't read it okay but as far as this one would you rather have a program so good that you're being lured by the big 12 or the big 10 for expansion i
3: mean you'd rather go to the big 10 and this it's maybe kind of related to mine or one of the other ones they came up with but i mean you'd probably see the big 10 because it's a bigger conference
1: I'd say Big Ten. It's a uh, it's more high profile programs, more lucrative TV deal. Um, yeah, so that more one traditional. Uh,
3: yeah, I try to put a, a bit of a spin on the one that I made for this one, but yeah, we'll get to one five seven zero because me and you are kind of on the same page here. Um, basically, and, and I'll try and word it specifically. Basically, would you rather have kind of a Barry Bonds like season where he hits seventy three, but you know? A lot of people don't consider that valid. I'm not saying, like, would you rather be Barry Bonds or Aaron Judge? I'm saying, have a season like that where you hold the record, but it's like tainted and many people don't, uh, you know, kind of see it as valid. Or would you rather be Aaron, you know, have an Aaron Judge like situation where, you know, it's considered clean and, you know, people are giving you some of the glory, but you know, in the back of your mind, I don't hold the record. So it's kind of a would you have. Would you rather have the record but none of the glory or the glory but not the
1: record? Ooh, interesting question. Um Man, I, I think I'd still go with Barry Bonds. Seventy three is still seventy three. Yeah. That's twelve more than what Aaron Judge did. Yeah. And I don't care if you like me or not, I still hit seventy three home runs.
3: Yeah, see, I'm, I'm kind of in that where it's like there's still enough people who will see Barry Bonds as the, as, well, I don't know about the legit, but just the record holder. You can kind of surround yourself with those people, and you can convince yourself, say, well, Aaron Judge, you know, he, never, he wouldn't have hit as many as me, even if he was on steroids. And you can always say, I did it. And for Aaron Judge, every time somebody says Home Run King, they have to, like, add this long explanation as to why you're the real Home Run King. Or they have or to just say, the American League. Yeah, you're the, or the yeah because that's one of the things you, <laughs> the the guy was saying is you have to add that's the American League record or the Yankee record, the not Barry Bonds record. I mean, I think Aaron Judge is in like fourth place, his third or fourth place. Uh, he's on
1: fifth or fifth. Next thing there's because McGuire and Sosa had multiple instances and, above him. Yeah, and then Barry Bonds with seventy three. Yeah, so he's 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 down the list. So it's like,
3: you know, Bonds, you can, like, justify it to yourself. And you also have the record. You can kind of ignore the fact that nobody gives you the glory. And Aaron Judge, you're getting some of the glory, but it's like, every time it's like, oh, the American League record. Yeah. Just the American League record. Still fifth place. I'm the clean one, right? Clean home run king.
1: So. Well, That's why I'd probably i probably go with I Bonds. I mean, I don't mean to you. cast dispersions on Aaron Judge, but we are assuming that it's a yeah. clean home run record. That That is that is one way that it's kind of interesting. We thought it was a clean home record with uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa when that race was going on. I'm not I'm not saying that Aaron Judge is juicing or we should be considering things, but at the time, we thought what Sosa and McGuire was doing was fantastic. Yeah. it was celebrated. There were cutaways, not just in sports but in news. Anytime these guys were at the plate, it was a magical summer for Major League Baseball. Yeah, it's
3: it's good to never assume because yeah, in a year or two, maybe.
1: Aaron Judge. And was doing I that. hope not. I mean, yeah, I hope me it is that here's just a guy who's going about things the right way, and had a great great year in a contract year when he's betting on himself. And he's given himself the best shot and collected a cool record along the way.
3: Yeah, baseball already has a huge problem with its record holders not being celebrated. Because the, the leader in home runs and the leader in hits are both not in the Hall of Fame. The career record holders yeah, for true. hits and home runs. It's like Tom Brady not getting into the Hall of Fame. It's like, the heck? Or Michael Jordan not being in the Hall of Fame. Or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just not being in the Hall of Fame like, it's just a weird thing with baseball's got going where it's so many of its greatest players, especially in the last 20,
1: 30 years, are all like, all their accomplishments have asterisks on them. Uh, 6891, getting back to my would you rather question about do you keep that home run ball, number 62, from Aaron Judge, or do you sell it, or do you give it back to Aaron Judge? And 6891 says, if you sell it today, you get to pay 38% in tax. If you wait a year, it's only 27%. All right, I'm waiting. I guess. I guess I'm going to hold on to that,
3: it. That is a compelling argument. I, I will give you that. Because at that point, it, yeah, it's still about the money, because that's what I care about in this situation. It's
1: a lot of zeros involved there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, 1570, with the follow-up to the Barry Bonds versus Aaron Judge, Uh, I think the reason Barry Bonds is still considered the home run leader is because he never actually tested positive during the 73 home run season. So there's not really that smoking gun that said he cheated during the record. We all know he did, but there's not that 100% evidence saying he did. Yeah, yeah. there's always this, uh, there's been a black cloud uh, over him and what he did. But there has never been evidence. If so, Major League Baseball would absolutely put an asterisk on it. Major League Baseball would would strip him of the title or whatever. They would absolutely. I mean, they've, they've done this before. They would do it to Barry. But there's no and has not been any substantial evidence that says he was juicing. Other than our eyes. Well, it's we also have to remember how he approached the the plate, too. I mean, he had body armor on. He had like a suit of armor, and he would crowd the plate, and he would force pitchers to throw to him. They didn't want to, but uh, he would suit up and crowd that, the plate because he would get dinged a lot. And so you're either going to get him on, on base because you hit him, or you didn't want him to try to hit a home run off of you, so you walked him. Or he was going to knock the ball out of the park. And yeah. People didn't like him and how he played the game, but he was very effective at what he did. Yeah, he was really good, and he got walked so many times.
3: I tell you, one of the best summaries of Barry Bonds' career I ever saw was a YouTube video. It was called Bonds in Four, and the guy analyzed like four plate appearances in Bonds' career just kind of summarize a little bit of who he was. And it's a pretty good breakdown. <laughs> it's just Crazy. Because he doesn't just go gaga over all the numbers that Barry Bonds does. He talks about, like, who he was, how hard it was to get him out, and, just, and also part of the legacy.
1: Yeah, when, when you look at videos of when he played for the Pirates, he really wasn't that big of a player. He was a good baseball player. Yeah. He was a good hitter. He goes to the Giants. What happens with McGuire and Sosa and all the attention they got, I mean, all of a sudden, Barry swells. Like, he gets big. He gets bigger, and and he becomes a a, a power hitter. He just had, he just started eating a balanced breakfast, <laughs> flaxseed oil, and lots of other weird stuff. <laughs> All right, more on that. Uh, more of a would you rather Wednesday here in the full court press. Love to get your nominations for that as well. Uh, I'll also look at the Utah Jazz. They had their second preseason game of the season last night. What did Will Hardy have to say? And what were your observations if you get a chance to watch it? That's coming up next on the full court press. Look, uh, Napa Auto Parts can help you get ready for the winter. Like, it's beautiful and nice now, and it's going to be warm for the next couple of days. But next week, it will cool off. So is your car ready for it? So make sure you have antifreeze, fuel stabilizer, uh, like RV antifreeze. You can get there at Napa Auto Parts as well. They also feature HeatStorm Tradesman infrared heaters to instantly warm up uh, you and your surrounding objects. Portable units and wall mounts, great for your your shop, your garage, or really anywhere. So go check it out. That's all in stock now at your five locally owned Preston to Providence Napa Auto Parts. I'm Nate Kreckman. This week in the Mountain West, San Jose State won
4: the league back in 20. Now, they might just have a better team here in 2022. We'll talk to Spartans head coach Brent Brennan about their 3-1 start. Plus, Air Force keeps on rolling. Is this finally the year Troy Calhoun can win the conference championship? It's all this week here on the Mountain West Radio Network. Friday afternoon during the full court press on Sports Talk Radio 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
1: Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cash Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan,
0: just south of Cash Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Hey
2: Aggie fans, looking for the best burger in town? Bring the family to Prodigy Brewing and try out our signature Prodigy Supreme Burger or a wood fired
3: pizza. Need a smaller plate for the kids? Our kids menu has you covered. Whether you are out with the family or just want to catch the Aggies game with friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cache Valley. Located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown
0: Logan.
2: Essie Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. Couples throughout the state buy their rings from Essie Needham Jewelers because of our low prices, extensive ring selection, and extraordinary benefits and services with financing available. Go to essieneedham.com to learn more. We have many unique and beautiful engagement rings starting at $500. You'll find affordable engagement rings with our integrity price guarantee. This is why we are where Utah gets engaged. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. Essie Needham Jewelers,
1: middle of the block at the sign of the clock. What's more important than sleep? Granted, some things are, but not many. This is Ryan at My Mattress, and here we offer the best solution to better sleep, a better mattress. IntelliBed, the gel
0: mattress, cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible. Or come in and choose a Tempur-Pedic that boasts 93% of their owners
1: love their bed. My Mattress, offering the best sleep possible, by the South Walmart.
0: Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
1: I try to find
2: the oldest, most bloated, fattest, Ball as balls we
3: can, and uh, uh, make them slick. Make those balls slick, Calhoun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, the gift that keeps on giving. Gotta love Coach Howdy duty there. Utah State it on Air Force Saturday, five o'clock in Logan. Game will be broadcast on FS1. Homecoming for Utah State. So, with that, let's give away a pair of tickets. To go see the Aggies, play Air Force, homecoming for the Aggies. As we mentioned, they're playing Air Force. And that leads us to the trivia question that Jason has for you to win said
3: pair of tickets. I'm panicking because I have to do like a last second confirmation that I actually know what I'm talking about. Um, So the trivia question is this, and I mentioned this kind of, I think it was kind of casual yesterday. I don't think I mentioned it too much. I talked a little bit about this game. So we talked about how Utah State didn't really play Air Force really much before joining the Mountain West. So since they joined, them in, joined the Mountain West in 2013, they've played every year. Um, but they played them once before 2013. So the, the trivia question is, which year did uh, Utah State play Air Force in a football game? The one time before
1: 2013. 435-752-1069. Call in if you know the answer, can correctly identify, I can't speak, correctly identify the year. The first year, Utah State played Air Force. And we'll give you a pair of tickets to go see these two teams square off against each other on Saturday night. 435-752-1069. Maybe a bit of a clue in our phone number. <laughs>
3: It was the summer. Of- <laughs> I may have just given it away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> would you rather
1: Wednesday? Uh, here on the full court press. We can do another one of those Would You Rathers. Um,
3: oh, we're getting phone calls now.
1: So uh, can- w- look, there's a text that we didn't get to. Why don't you uh, take that one while I take the call?
3: The 5253? Five, five, uh, yes, about the clean record. Okay, so he says uh, a clean record still gets you. So this is 5253, five, as I said. A clean record still gets you Hall of Fame honors. A dirty record is the end of the line. I'd rather be remembered as a Hall of Famer than an infamous player of mention. And that's kind of certainly part of it. I wanted that to not necessarily be part of, of the question, although, I mean, obviously a clean record gets you maybe a Hall of Fame consideration. I'm not sold that uh, Aaron Judge is a Hall of Famer right now. Um... But I'm not too much of an expert on baseball. He just seemed like a guy who's had a, a few good years. But he's been injured a lot, so it's tricky. But obviously he has a lot of his career in front of him. Could very well be a Hall of Famer. Um, he's about to get his first big contract. Um, but that could be part of the consideration with this. That, you know, Barry Bonds, he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. I think maybe there's a path for, like, the Veterans Committee. Um, but... Yeah, he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. Aaron Judge has a chance, certainly. This, you know, pretty good resume builder having this record. Um, so he, Aaron Judge has a better chance of making the Hall of Fame than Barry Bonds does. So that is kind of a consideration. Would you have a clean record? Well, it means you can get to the Hall of Fame. So that is that is some consideration you can put into. Uh, 5338. Uh, it says a reminder that Saturday's game against Air Force will be the last home game until November. And, yeah, I noticed this because I was looking at the schedule and I saw there's a game in October and then the next game isn't until November. And that's that's daunting. I think there's a bye week in the middle of all that. I'm pulling up the schedule now. Um, yeah, because they play, so they're playing October 8th this week. Then they go to Colorado State. They go to Wyoming, so October 15th, Colorado State, next Saturday. Then the next Saturday against Air, or against Wyoming, excuse me. And then I believe that's their bye week, uh, October 29th, or the week of the 29th. And then they'll host New Mexico on
1: November 5th. Yeah, it's an interesting schedule for the Aggies. And great point there from 5338. Come cheer on these Aggies. As Coach Anderson said... This team really needs Aggie Nation. I know he may have said some things that made you mad and upset you, and you're justified in being upset with what he said. But this team is making progress, and I think they're they're trying to get things right. And, which, by the way, we did have somebody correctly identify the year. We had a lot of calls on this. This is great. That's well, probably because
3: I gave away the answer.
1: <laughs> well,
3: well, we we. Uh, yeah, it would have been tri- I How many of you like? Be honest. How many of you knew that?
1: Like, so I did mention, I, I yesterday, wouldn't have known so, that. So had yeah. you not mentioned that yesterday, I would not have known the answer to it. And
3: I did not know it before I found, I looked it up. You know, that's what research does to me. It it makes me a purveyor of useless facts.
1: But congratulations to Paul. He was the first one to call in and correctly identify 1969 as the first year Utah State and Air Force faced each other, and then the long break and then it's been a regular affair here in the uh, in, in the Mountain West Conference but it's going to be going away cuz it will not be you know two of those guaranteed games. Yeah.
3: It won't be a yearly thing. They'll still play each other probably at least on a rate of every other year on average, maybe once in back or, you know back-to-back years. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work. It'll be weird. Yeah. But they'll still play somewhat regularly.
1: Uh, all right, we need to take a timeout here on the full-court press. Um, we can keep playing, would you rather? <laughs> but uh, we also want to get to the Utah Jazz as well. They had a preseason game last night. Observations from that coming up next here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. You know, Mountain West Motor has a great selection of vehicles. that start around $20,000, and uh, they've got a great variety there on their lot. Go visit their website to see their current inventory and pricing. And make sure to follow them on Instagram for current promotions and events. You can go back and see the, the fun that they had this last weekend going up to the, the quarry in Providence Canyon. Really cool stuff that they did there and documented it. That's Mountain West Motor at 695, or excuse me, 615 North Main in Logan. Or check them out online, mwmotor.com. Saturday
2: on Compass Media Network's coverage of NCAA football. It's a rivalry renewed from the Cotton Bowl as the Oklahoma Sooners take on the Texas Longhorns in the 2022 Red River Showdown. Hi, this is Greg Daniels. Join Steve Berline and me for all the action as the records and rankings are thrown out the window for this annual Big 12 matchup. It's Oklahoma and Texas. If it's college football, it's right here. Saturday morning, beginning at 9.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, and streaming at 106.9 The Fan,
0: Crystal Vision, the two-time gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah, just got back from a Las Vegas buying show. They were able to see and buy the newest eyeglass frames, styles, and trends for 2023. Stop in today and check out what's new in the eyeglass frame world. Remember to take in your current prescription and let Crystal Vision fit you into a new look. Nobody has the style and fashion to choose from like Crystal Vision. On 14th North or online at crystalvision.com.
1: It's game time, and you're in the locker room, ready to take the field. But suddenly, you notice a player you don't recognize. He's wearing your team's jersey, and he even knows your name. But you've never seen him before now. Would you trust the stranger with your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing scams work. And the first quarter of 2022 saw the highest volume of phishing attacks ever recorded. Protect your business with the Les Olsen Security Suite from Les Olson IT.
4: Learn more at lessolson.com. Want to set yourself apart from the competition? A new Leadership MBA at Utah State University will help you lead companies and drive change in your organization. You can attend in person in Logan on Thursday evenings or take online interactive classes. Complete your MBA in as little as a year. Apply before November 15th to be considered for a January start. Contact the MBA office for a waiver of the application fee. Learn more at utahstatemba.com. That's UtahStateMBA.com.
2: DD Auto & Salvage is going to pay you the most for junk vehicles. You can get rid of your junk vehicles today. DD Auto & Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, D.D. Auto & Salvage & Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787-1204. That's 787-1204. Today. See store for details. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business, and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally, without all the red tape, by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank,
0: member FDIC. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
2: Either you're a thief and you steal, or you're a vampire that pulls from the juice and the verve and the synergy of the group,
3: or you add to it. So we're going to so start every segment now. Let's just play a Coach Calhoun quote. Just a different quote every time. We don't even cover Air Force. We're just going to play stuff. So. <laughs> we're going to go deep into the archives. Get those Bob Green clips in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Going at it like a hobo on a ham sandwich. are getting after it.
1: Uh, here, actually, here, here's some of the best of Bob Green.
3: The Tech Nation, it's
2: Bob Green, the old, fat, retired football coach coming to you from Alumni Coliseum. Listen, I am going to be on Facebook, so I don't know much about Facebook, MyTube, YouTube, WeTube, TheyTube, all those things. Look, I know that's hard to believe. It's going to go viral, and viral, they tell me, is not a bad deal. You don't even get sick if you go viral. First of all, they got after it hard. I'm telling you, they were like a hobo on a ham sandwich. They were going hard all the way. We tried for a two-point conversion. They picked it off and scored. if uh, I'd had a rifle, I'd have shot him running right down the field. I had a, I had a clear view and no, all that. And throw away those video games. Get rid of those things. With my grandkids, I'd like to hit them with a hammer. Not the kids, the video games. Get rid of those things. Stay active. I wanted to raise my kids using a depth chart. Can you imagine that? I wanted that. Pam Green vetoed that idea. Uh, Everybody expects you to win, My wife couldn't go to church with me on Sunday, and everybody said, where is she? I said, she doesn't go out with losers. It's kind of like me. I'm pretty much the ideal husband for Pam Green, but even I can add a wrinkle or two to make myself even better. And a lot of times, a little thing leads to a turnover, leads to something really bad. Kind of like at home with your wife, if you don't replace an empty toilet paper roll. The season's a lot like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. It's all about fit. It's kinda like buying jockey shorts. Everything has to fit, you know? He's like that black lab on the first day of pheasant hunting season. He was pulling at the chain. Kinda like training a hunting dog, you know? The last thing you want is a gun-shy hunting dog, right? You want those defensive backs to be aggressive. Our football team was like the kid that plays second French horn in the school band. we got to play better. It's kind of like going to the Golden Corral Buffet, you know. A lot of good stuff to eat, a lot of choices. I was really, really pleased. Okay,
1: it just keeps going and going and it going. Does. This a guy's
3: legendary. Me. What I thought was funny, is he, like, he was talking about you know making calls on 4th down. I was like, you know what my favorite call on 4th down was? Punt. <laughs> that was our most successful play. Most successful play. <laughs>
1: Uh, good old Bob Green, yeah, Montana great, Tech football.
3: Great stuff. He's Yeah, he's retired now, so he's been retired for a while. But I don't know how they did under him as far as playing. Yeah, I
1: don't know how successful he was. He was great on the mic. Uh, so, switching gears. Utah Jazz last night, second preseason game of the season for them under Coach Will Hardy. Played at Portland. Won the game. Did uh, – You know, certainly did better in the second half, in maintaining their aggressiveness and trying to play together as a team. And and look, I get it; it's it's preseason. Guys are just fighting to make a roster uh, with some of these positions. But I was I was kind of impressed by a a couple of the guys, Um, particularly Stanley Johnson. Uh, I was impressed with his physical presence. Uh, aggressive nature uh, defending on the perimeter they applied pressure on some inbounds plays made it tough for portland to do some inbounds plays uh, and i was really impressed with with stanley johnson uh i thought you know, jordan clarkson mike Connolly, they're on the floor and you just feel like look, these guys know what they're doing kelly Olynyk, nice stretch four probably going to be your starter. He's not going to be an all-star. He's not going to receive any accolades or awards. but He's a serviceable starting center for what this Jazz team wants to do. Um, Vanderbilt, aggressive, but um, there there are a lot of guys on this team who are not good at the free throw line. (laughs) Who really struggle shooting free throws. That's a problem.
3: Yeah, they, they. Well, the thing is, most of them are on the bench because the starters did all right. It's everyone else because the starters. Olenek went four for four, three of five for Markkinen. I mean, Vanderbilt went zero two. Conley went one for one, six for six. But yeah, you mentioned the bad free throw because with all those players shooting that well in the starting lineup, the team shot sixty-seven percent from the line in the game. Yeah, that's not so. <laughs> you that <laughs> that turned that good. You turned that good shooting rate around, and you turn into something
1: really bad it's really scary uh here's some hardy's comments about how the team played last night uh in uh, in portland in their
4: preseason game number two everybody who went in the game tonight played the way that we want to play and i think you know tonight was sort of representative of how we're going to have to be this year it's, it's going to take everybody it's a team effort um i thought we rebounded the ball really well as a as a team tonight um 24 assists. We cut down on the turnovers in the second half, which really helped us. That was obviously hurting us in the first quarter in particular. But, um, you know, we're a team, and it's going to take everybody every single night doing their part, and I thought tonight was a great representation of that.
1: Now, we didn't see Rudy Gay. He was held out just for rest. But um, uh, it's, it's – we talked about this the other day. This, this could be a fun season of discovery – of this team, just discovering new players, new talent. Guys who were kind of forgotten on their other teams will have opportunities to shine and have opportunities to play a lot more than what they had before. Um, it'll be interesting to see how well it's going to be sustained. But this is a team that has length at multiple positions and can defend on the perimeter in ways that last year's team couldn't. Yeah, it'll be... It'll be interesting. I've said this
3: before where there's a lot of areas on offense that I think I can get excited about. And there will be days where their offense just clicks and it works and it may carry them to some unexpected victories or just be fun to watch even when they lose. Um, Their defense is not going to be very good. I mean, you mentioned the length, but some of these guys aren't big enough. Marketing has all the length in the world. Uh, You know, for a guy who's going to be playing the four and even the three sometimes, but he can't defend very well. He's serviceable in places, yeah. but he's not, a, he's not a good or great defender.
1: Lillard and Nurkic played the pick and roll. The Jazz struggled with pick and roll defense, yeah. and he put marketing on skates multiple times.
3: And that's what's going to happen to the Jazz all year is they have guys who are in that in-between where they're not big enough to handle the bruiser centers, but none of them are nimble enough to handle smaller guys. So they're going to get torched on defense by teams with really good guards and also, guys with really good centers, or if they have both, which the, the Timberwolves kind of do, with you know Lillard being you know an All NBA guard and Nurkic being a borderline All Star center, um, probably probably would have been an All Star too if he hadn't been injured most of his career. Yeah, so the, it's going to be tough for the Jazz on defense. They've got some guys. Vanderbilt's going to show some flashes on defense with his versatility, but he can't be a one man show. So it's going to come down to how scrappy can the Jazz be because that'll give them some, you know, that'll make up for some of that. And I think that's something they'll have to focus on is everyone just be as scrappy as possible because that'll earn you some, some some, free defensive possessions. But in the NBA, guys are just going to be too talented to be defeated by a scrappy defense. They'll eventually
1: burn you because they're just that good. Now, uh, somebody who stood out to me, as I said, was Stanley Johnson, just how he approached the game, uh, how he played. He doesn't have the greatest stat line, but I felt like he really helped raise the 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 level of defense and the approach of the team while he was on the court, and that was also noticed by Will Hardy.
4: Stanley really brought a lot of energy and toughness in particular on the defensive end tonight. You know, that's his identity as a player. Um, that's how he can help our team is by being somebody who has a massive impact on the defensive end. Um, He was able to get out and run and transition a few times, which was great crash and dig out some offensive rebounds. Um, He's really handled himself well all throughout camp. uh, Not only with how he's played, but how he's interacted with his teammates. And um, I was really happy for him tonight.
1: So, yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, five points and one block, one assist, five rebounds. But I thought how he how he approached the game, how he applied pressure, how he played defense really stood out to me and how he, what kind of impact he had while he was on the court.
3: Yeah. Well, that's the kind of player he's been. He's the hustle guy. Um, you'd hope that Jared, Jared Vanderbilt would kind of be like that. And I actually hope that Agbaji can be that. Hmm. Uh, as a rookie, he's not going to have some of the veteran capabilities of Johnson and Vanderbilt. But you'd hope he, at least for in his rookie year, come in, have a bit of that nasty streak hustle as he develops his full uh, NBA game. I mean, being just a rookie right now.
1: Yeah. Um, so anyway, some observations of Utah Jazz and their preseason game against the Portland Trailblazers last night. Uh, 5 3, three eight, with a quick question. The only relevant question for the Jazz this season is, will they tank in order to draft one Bayama? Well, they already are. Whether or not they'll get him, that's a different story. Yeah, they still only have like a 14% chance of getting him. Yeah, it's. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, quick timeout here in the full court press. And I uh, want to come back. Interesting survey of general managers throughout the NBA. Uh, and uh, what are they saying about the Utah Jazz? That's next.
4: Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. It's a week five showdown in the AFC from Cleveland as the 2-2 Browns host the 2-2 Los Angeles Chargers. Hi, this is Chris Carino. Join Brian Baldiger and me for all the action as Justin Herbert leads the Chargers looking for a tough road win against Nick Chubb and the Browns. It's the L.A. Chargers and the Cleveland Browns.
2: If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday morning beginning at 10.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is
1: hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer.
0: breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews it's the full court press with eric franson and jason walker
2: i don't want to say it's a bygone the rivers the bridge was way back there and the river the the flow and the current it's at a different place right now
1: all right last couple minutes of the show here on the full court press (laughs) Uh, quickly, want to get this text in seven nine nine four. Take the S out of Scrappy, and what do you get?
3: Yeah, fair. That's because <laughs> that's kind of what it is. You're gonna have a be Scrappy. You're gonna have a Scrappy
1: defense. That's the best you can do. But it's ultimately gonna be uh, a rough. Cup. crappy <laughs> All right, the G- annual survey of general managers throughout the NBA. Anything of note with what they're saying about the Utah Jazz? Um, not too surprising. I mean. Kind of the best place they had was
3: the fact that they were tied for second in which team made the best overall moves this season. So they were tied for second. They were tied with Minnesota, who they traded Rudy Gobert to. They were tied with Philly. And they were behind Cleveland, who was first, whom they traded Donovan Mitchell to. So kind of interesting. Um, and I guess Will Hardy was like fourth. He got like one, maybe two votes. And which new or relocated head coach will make the biggest impact on his new team? Hmm. He was like fourth behind Darvin Ham, Mike Brown with Sacramento, and Steve Clifford with uh, Charlotte. Uh, two coaches who have head coaching experience. Yeah. So and okay. Alex Jensen got a received votes for best assistant coach. But there there's there's a that's not the only one. There's probably a, a few that are specifically about the Jazz, and some are Jazz related, as in they involve Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> So, things like uh, which player acquisition will make the biggest impact? Donovan was first. Gobert was second. Interesting. There was one uh, most surprising move of the offseason Gobert was first. Mitchell was second. So, kind of flipped them there. Uh, although, one interesting is that the Jazz were tied for fourth in best home court advantage. Last year, it kind of noted on some of these questions, like who was, like what they voted last year. Last year, the Jazz were first. With 47% of the votes. Wow. And this year they got like, uh, I didn't write down what percentage they have. You know, they were tied for fourth, so a bunch of teams out of them, like Toronto and Oklahoma City and some others. Interesting. So apparently all of the opinions flipped in one season. I don't know what happened. And then uh, Mike Conley got, uh, he, you know, in the received votes as an active player that will make the best head coach someday.
1: I could see that. Yeah. I mean you watch him on the sidelines and he's always talking to his teammates. Yeah, so that's pretty much out.
3: those were the ones that I noticed that were jazz or jazz related. There's a lot of questions. I just had to do a control F and search jazz <laughs> and find all of them. And Skip through. Then I started trying to look for some of the Don Mitchell
1: Gobert ones since there were a few they were. In on, I think it's going to be an intriguing year in the NBA. Not only the Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell; those are making headlines across the NBA. But uh, it's been a long time since a, a number of players have have played. Kawhi Leonard, um, it, uh, <laughs> Simmons in in Brooklyn. Uh, now I'm trying to think of the guy's name in uh, in Denver. Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. Yes. I mean, there's a number of it, it, even. Damian Lillard missed a lot of time last year. So there's a a number of high-quality players who haven't played basketball for a while that are going to be back, and that could be pretty intriguing. Now, also some teams that should be better didn't make a lot of moves. And so does that mean they're going to be better or or just keep going backwards like L.A. and and Brooklyn? Um, So I think there's a lot of intriguing storylines coming into this NBA season.
3: Yeah, when I love it when there's a lot of teams that could potentially, you know, win the title. I hate how the NBA just focuses on a couple of teams. It's one of the biggest reasons they're behind the NFL in terms of popularity. It's not obviously not the only, but like people are saying you, you can only be relevant on big market teams. And it's like, no, I love it when the NBA has like you know Minnesota could be interesting, Cleveland could be interesting, you know all these different you know Denver you know go down the list of teams that could make big you know runs. And I love the fact that there's this much parody in the NBA. It's wonderful for the fans. This may not be good for the, you know, talking head media who only want to talk about LA and New York. Uh, all right, that'll do us for uh, do it for us tonight. We'll be back tomorrow.